In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I once spent a summer in Durham, North Carolina, working at a nursing home. There was a chaplain I worked there with who led a weekly Bible study for the men and women who lived there. And one week we were reading this passage that I just read from Ephesians. The chaplain brought out props for what felt more like a familiar Sunday school lesson than a conversation with mature adults. We had the entire armor of God laid out on the table. We had the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit, all the hits. And after all the dollar store props had been put away, a soft-spoken, retired Methodist pastor, easily in his late 80s or early 90s, just sort of started a chuckle to himself. I'm not sure what I'm supposed to do with all those weapons other than hurt myself, he said. Give me the power of the Lamb. Give me Jesus on a cross, and I'll be all set. Just the way that he said that made me burst out laughing. Um, I'm not sure I was supposed to, but I couldn't help myself. But it also, I, I also have such a vivid memory of him saying this because of how profound and I think true his words were. We really are guilty of turning so much of the New Testament, passages like this one, into some hokey form of self-help, into some system that gives us the false sense of being in control, of taking our hope and future and security into our own hands when we put these tools into action ourselves. So if, this reading from, so if in this reading from Ephesians, St. Paul isn't directing our attention to some sort of toolkit for us to rely on when fighting our own battles in this world of toil and snares, then what or who is he directing our attention towards? Be strong in the Lord, Paul says at the very beginning of this passage, and in the strength of his power. If we want to know what the power of God is that Paul is speaking about, then we should look at the most powerful and significant moment in Jesus' life, the moment that became the most powerful and significant moment in all of our lives, in all of history. And that moment was when Jesus demonstrates the true strength of his power. That was when he was stripped and was beaten, nailed to a cross and left to die, but then, of course, rose again. The true strength of God's power put on display for all of us to see and rely on is the power of his love and forgiveness, the power of his weakness and sacrifice, the power of the Lamb, of God who takes away the sins of the world. This, in a lot of ways, is difficult to hear, or at least it is for me. How can weakness be power and strength? This is certainly countercultural for us, but also for every culture and every time and space. It's also difficult for us to hear because it implies us giving up the idea of ourselves and our own strength and control being the solution to our own problems. One of the reasons we often make the mistake of thinking that the answer to our problems has anything to do with us is that we're wrong about what the true problem is too often. Sometimes we think that our problem has to do with other people, or it has to do with what other people think of us. At least I know I do. We worry that others won't think that we're good enough, fit enough, 
kind enough or respectable enough. We all want to be respected, and so we fight what we think is the good fight of presenting the best version of ourselves out into the world. I failed at this somewhat miserably recently. You see, I like to think that I present myself as a relatively well-spoken and well-read kind of guy. For some reason, that's a place my ego takes me. And I try to project that out into the world so that people will respect me and think well of me. They'll want to be my friend. They'll want to talk to me and hear the things that I have to say. This may seem kind of petty or even pathetic, but I'm just being totally honest with you. So recently, my daughter, Sarah Grace, she got a new stack of books for her birthday, and they're part of what's called the Fancy Nancy book series. You might have heard of it. It falls a young girl who likes to have fancy tea parties and do other sorts of fancy things. It's actually pretty neat. It teaches you, the reader or the hearer, a lot of things, um, lots of new words by saying things like, she was exhausted. That's fancy for tired. It's pretty clever. Nancy also speaks a little bit of French herself, which is, of course, the fanciest of all languages. So a few days ago, I was reading to Sarah Grace, and I read the following out loud. Nancy, would you like to learn how to juggle? Her babysitter inquired, which is fancy for asked. Oi, 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 Nancy replied. Now, my wife, Courtney, happened to be walking by right in the very moment when I read this, and she stopped and she just burst out laughing. And of course, she said, Josh, I don't think it's oi, oi, oi. It's we, 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 O-U-I, which is French for yes, which I pronounced as the well-read, well-spoken, respectable gentleman that I am, oi, oi, oi. Needless to say, we had a really good laugh, and I'm still pretty embarrassed about revealing my true not-so-fancy self to my daughter and to all of you here today. It turns out that our problem ultimately isn't the problem of what other people think of us. In fact, our problems, as hard as this might be to hear, don't have anything to do with other people at all at their root. Paul says this further on in our reading today. For our struggle is not against enemies of blood and flesh, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers of this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. This says to us that we're talking about a different sort of power, because we're talking about a different sort of enemy. We're not talking about political enemies. We're not talking about the social insiders keeping us at arm's length. We're not talking about the boss that drives you crazy or maybe the boss that just fired you. We're not talking about the girl who stole your boyfriend or the guy who stole your car. We're not talking about your spouse who won't take out the trash or your spouse who did have an affair. We're not talking about people when we talk about enemies here. Because if we were, then our problems could just be cut out of our lives, presumably. Or we could pick up one of those tools from our toolbox and defeat them or set them straight. What Paul is talking about is the real enemy, the enemy of pride and selfishness and deceit. What Paul is talking about is sin. 
sin, the enemy at the root of all evil and violence and bitterness, the enemy that is bigger and stronger than all of us on our own, the enemy that is, in fact, inside all of us. And this is important for us to realize. It's something that Jesus hammers home time and time again. If our problem, the world's problem, the problem that tears families and communities apart, that keep us up at night and leave us feeling broken and helpless when we watch the news or when we read our emails or our text messages, if all of those problems are truly the problem of sin, then we're not only victims, but we're part of the problem. And that means that we alone can't be the solution. The weight of sin cannot be broken by good examples or a handy toolbox of self-help devices. It can't be broken by our own power or strength. On the contrary, the gospel is quite clear that we can only be saved by what the world calls weakness and defeat. By the Savior who, in an excruciating death, lays down his life for all of us power of God that St. Paul urges us to rely on, to lean into when life simply feels like it's too much, or when you feel defeated or lost or broken, that power is the power of Christ's passion and death and resurrection for you and for me. That power is the power of love and grace, the power of the Lamb. While mercy and meekness, grace and forgiveness, sacrifice and loss may not seem to be a formidable power in this world that we navigate with all of its strain and struggle already, there is another world where grace reigns above all else. And that world came violently crashing into ours, revealing itself to us 2,000 years ago delivering to us the very power that we need. We need the weakness of mercy, the vulnerability of forgiveness, and the ego-defeating gift of God's unconditional grace, love for the unlovable and redemption for all. Through the true power of God's body and blood, broken and shed for us, we have all been given true strength, that will see us through this life and into the next. Amen.